Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me, as always, is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Uh, good. I was recently bothered by uh, some hair in my face that I couldn't find and spent several hours with it kind of itching my face. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was tough. That, that was like the focal point of your day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It was. (laughs) What do you got something to say about that? Just, all right. You know, you live an an interesting life. I do. Uh, and thank you for noticing. Um, yes, I do live an interesting life. Uh, it's the only one I've got (laughs) and I'm going to live it. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, uh, did you got it out of your face? I'm assuming now. You know, I don't even know, honestly. Like it, it was just, like I, I had so m- I washed my face. I had so many showers, and it was still somehow itching me. Uh, it's <laughs> was been it attached fine. to you? Is I have no, hair? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> um, I won't. I won't be too surprised if I just uh, shave all the hair. Uh, just to get rid of the itchy feeling. So I don't know. I have no idea. I that, that's part of the issue. I have no. I have no idea. Hey, I I fully support that that plan. Like uh, to all the listeners out there, uh, I I rock the buzz cut. That that has been my hairstyle for years, and I, I never have that issue. So y- you don't have bad hair days and loose hairs when your hair is extremely short. No, I I'm, I think it I think it was a, a cat hair that got in my face. I think that's what happened. And now that it's, I probably did get it right away, but for some reason, this, it like lingered, the, the feeling lingered. That's what I think. So I have a cat. So I think the cat hair probably uh, got to me. That's what I think happened. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so close to just completely shaving um, because I shave the cat so too. and shave the cat, shave, <laughs> shave me, yeah. shave the cat. And then there can be hair. In, uh, it, absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Or just don't have a cat. Sorry to any cat lovers out there. Just um, Well, I mean, listen, you never know. You never know what type of cat you're going to get. You never know what type of pet you're going to get. Uh, you you think about It's one of those things that you think about and you do. And then maybe you have regrets. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like, you know, you never know until you're in the situation. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Didn't they, there wasn't there a saying a long time ago by some old person who said that there's only two absolutes or two certainties in life, death and taxes. Isn't that like a really famous saying? Yeah, it was Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin? I think. Yeah. See, old man. Um, So I think, I think that that's probably true. Everything else is just, you're rolling the dice as to whether or not this is going to work out for you. I guess. I, I guess I've lost the thread on the conversation. I have no idea. What we're <laughs> wow. <talking about>. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is a football podcast and this went sideways literally immediately. I don't even right know off what we're the talking bat. about. I don't even remember what we're talking about this week. Like I don't even know. <laughs> well, we're talking about wide receiver rankings today. Um, Are they still considered wide receivers? Cause I grew up with that was the terminology that are considered wide receivers, but I just, I often hear people just call them receivers now because there's like your slot receivers or inside receivers and wide receiver 
technically refers to the receivers on the outside. But I just grew up with anyone who is not the running back who's going out there to catch the ball or the tight end is a wide receiver. But is that is that terminology still used? That's what we've been calling it. I don't know. Wide receivers are still used like ab- absolutely in the fantasy community, but I think you're right. I think like the position wide receiver is different from the slot receiver. Yes. And I think, the wide I think overall are on the outside. Yeah. And overall they are just receivers. Yeah. But I think in terms of fantasy, cause fantasy has been around for a very long time. Uh, I think they went with what was like current at the time, yeah. probably wide and, receiver. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just stuck. And like, that's just how we roll now. Right. Yeah. Because like running backs are also called like halfbacks and tailbacks, halfbacks, right? tailbacks, fullbacks, yeah, yeah. So I think it's yeah, just what they were originally called and made it simple. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> someone out there knows the history of football yeah. a lot better than us, and <laughs> yeah. they can educate us. Yeah. Uh, boy, was that a snoozer that Hall of Fame game? That I was a I stopped watching at half. Yeah, I just was... walked away. Uh, I. Uh, Saw what I expected to from, (laughs) yeah, I saw what I expected to from Zach Wilson and just, I was like, yeah, that adds up. Is his career done? Probably. Or I don't know, like he he could pull like the, the career backup card, you know, like the Geno Smith, as we'll call it from now on. Well, see, Geno Smith turned it around though. Geno Smith. That's true. Got himself a contract and like did great. So, okay. Well, Well, who's a career backup? Like Cooper Cup? No, that's a Cooper. <laughs> no, I'm trying, no Cooper Rush. Uh, Rush, Cooper Rush. Thank Cooper you, Rush, yeah. fan, fan of the show. Yeah, Nick Foles wasn't he? I don't think he was ever like a long term starter, was he? Not long term. No, I think he had like his he had his moments. Didn't Peyton Manning have a famous backup who always backed him up for a long time? Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I Every backup I can think of became a starter eventually. So that's why I'm saying, like, I think I, no one, I don't know if you really live to be a career backup, but I mean, there are career backups. They do, they do exist, but I just yeah. can't think. And of maybe them. that's the path for, for Zach Wilson. I guess so. Yeah. Um, but before we dive too deep into the news there, I just want to remind everyone uh, you can reach out to us at uh, conqueryourdraft.com. We are having some technical issues switching over to the new site, hoping that's resolved by hopefully by the time you're listening to this, that would be great, but more than likely it'll be after next week's episode. Um, but you can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, the platform formerly known as Twitter now called X threads at conquer <laughs> <Yes>. your draft. <laughs> the formal. Yeah. I like that. Formally. And just so, yeah. just so people know, I know we're only posting sporadically like during, during the, um, during the actual football season, we'll be posting a lot more. Like we'll do a lot of updates during actual game time and stuff. We are posting kind of sporadically because it's the summer, but you can reach us there. I know some people message us during the year. It was mainly on social. So you can reach us still on social. So just, our lack of activity is just because it's the summer and there's not as much to talk about other than the podcast. So please do reach out on social media and especially with our website being kind of all over the place. Facebook, X, Twitter. Do we have threads? <laughs> we ha- we have threads. We get, do get, re- send us a thread, and we'll we'll one hundred percent see it. Yep, and uh, the Patreon for Conquer Draft has launched. There's three tiers available to you. If you want full access to any of our rankings, if you want guaranteed, uh, or if you, if you want a guaranteed place to lodge 
questions in between episodes. Give us uh, the best chance to reach out to you, answer them. Um, if you want us to analyze your fantasy roster, all of those good things come with uh, joining our Patreon. To our American listeners, they're priced in Canadian, so it's actually a pretty good deal for you guys. Um, but yeah, that is join, a- join us. Join that Patreon. Get in Join there. the Patreon. Become a conqueror. By the time you're listening to this, there will be a couple more preseason games that have come out. The Patreons and the Texans. Mm. I say Patreons? Patriots you and the Texans. You got, you got the Patreon on your mind. That's I do. Yeah. Yep, I do. Everyone, and just throw this episode away. Just throw it away. <laughs> just, yeah. just, you know, just, just save away. yourself. <laughs> save yourself the rest of your time and just Join our Patreon. Now. Join our Patreon and demand better of us. <laughs> yeah. And you can just check out at the eight and a half minute mark. Don't worry about it. It's not getting any better today. Uh, but the Vikings and Seahawks will also play. Um, I'm hoping it'll be a bit more entertaining than the Jets Browns was. But I, I think that's pretty par for the course with preseason, right? Like nobody really wants to risk their their main guys. Well, with all the injuries that you reported just at a camp, I, I think we're not going to And see we got much. more. We got a lot I, more to talk I know, about I, I know you're going to run through them today, but I just, I, I feel like, why why would you risk someone? But you've got to get, I mean, my philosophy is you've got to get enough game time action to get your speed up to game time because what you don't want to do is game one of the season lose someone to injury. Like, you want to get those muscles moving. You want to get into ga- up to game speed. So I think you should talk to the veteran players and just say, like, okay, how much do you want to play? And maybe find some sort of happy medium to yeah, playing think, not at all and a lot. Yeah, I think even if you were just doing, like, the first two drives of the game or something. you know, Sure, just, just something. Yeah, get them out there and running around at game speed so that you don't have that issue in week one where everybody's yeah. blowing their knee or the Achilles out. Yeah. Definitely. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, the the Jets barely played anyone in their first. I don't think they played a single starter, and even their backups weren't in that long. I think before they went to third and fourth string players. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't it was know. Not, we'll it see. was not long at all. It really wasn't. Yeah, and I think I think that at the end of the day. At the end of the day, the most important thing is getting people ready for the regular season. So whatever whatever you need to do to get yourself ready, you should do, but don't risk the players because all these injuries, like it just it it sucks the life out of the game and you want to have people healthy during the regular season. That's that's the main thing. Absolutely. And that's why you draft late in fantasy football. Oh, exactly. Yeah, like we've been saying it for weeks. Please, please draft later. Uh, yeah. Now, sometimes, for example, I don't know. I'm just going to pull this off the top of my head. Sometimes you pick the last possible week, and everyone in your draft is used to drafting during this last possible week, and yet somehow are all unavailable. That's annoying. Yeah, that's not good. Then you need a weird auto draft, and nobody's happy with that. Exactly. So you, leaving it late has kind of those risks but again at least you're looking at a player situation where you're like well you know kind of who's injured who's not um but i will i you know as someone who's a commissioner of a league i'll tell you sometimes i look at the doodle polls i send out and i go what are you all doing nothing nothing good no 
Nothing good. Everyone's just busy for no reason. <laughs> well, speaking of busy, running back Kareem Hunt has been busy this week in the uh, headlines. So it came out that he was visiting the New Orleans Saints. And then shortly after that, I think it was only a couple hours later, it came out that he was expected to sign with the Saints after passing a physical. And then it came out he wasn't signing with the Saints. He's going to visit the Colts. And then today I read a report. Now, I don't know if this was verified or what, but an alleged insider reported that before he even set foot on the field with the Saints, the Colts called him and said, we will pay you more money to Mm. come give us a visit. So that's where it stands now is Kareem Hunt is visiting the Colts. He hasn't signed with anyone as of this recording on Wednesday evening, August the 9th. Um, and the Colts also signed running back Kenyon Drake. <laughs> what is going on over there? <laughs> well, I don't know, but John, Jonathan Taylor's not practicing. He's apparently rehabbing his ankle, but I, I've also heard that he was excused from practice. So I don't know. Like, like we talked about before, um, his contract situation is kind of fluid right now. He's not happy. The team's not happy. They're not going to trade him. It's a whole thing going on there. They're calling other running backs saying, come practice with us. Their star running backs not practicing with them. Like I don't know what is going on there, but if Jonathan Taylor isn't playing for them this year, like the whole Colts offense just took a giant nosedive in terms of fantasy value and oh, real yeah. life value, really. Oh, absolutely. Like if you don't have Jonathan Taylor, that's a big issue. But like if they saw, so they signed Kenya Drake and if they get Kareem Hunt as well, I mean, doesn't that point you towards either this Jonathan Taylor injury is is worse than we expect, or they just do not trust that he's going to be ready to play? I don't even know if it's so much that he's not available to play. It's like, like I said, he is apparently allegedly rehabbing this ankle injury, which is that is not a good sign if that is actually what's happening because of when he had the surgery. Yeah. Um but so so yeah, if if he is actually rehabbing it, that's not good because then he yeah, that's a big issue for his ability to play through the season. But the flip side of it is if he's not practicing because of this whole contract thing, well we're just in the Josh Jacobs Saquon Barkley zone all over again because he's a first round draft pick. Definitely. Yeah, it's uh it's a tough situation. Like, it's tough to know what to do then. It's tough to know, and maybe we'll get some clarity over the next couple of weeks, but this is a this is a top five overall pick in fantasy who is now, what, available, not available? We don't know. They're signing backups. This is a very t- difficult situation, and we, we've talked about the running backs being harder each year in fantasy to pick because of all these backups because of the the weird zoom call they all had i by the way i i heard derrick henry i don't know if you saw derrick henry speak on it today i don't i don't know how much you watch any of the the kind of i watched some of those nfl network like oh we're we're sitting here all day at the at the camp at, at, at training camp and we're getting updates and i just happened to turn it on and catch that derrick henry was like commenting and talking about it it sounded like the stupidest meeting ever like, you know, whenever you have work and you're like, this could have been an email and, and not a meeting. 
Uh, yeah. It sounds like one of those things that they didn't nice. need to have a, have a wide receiver thing. But this just, it's complicating the position. And it's making it very difficult to know how to even rank someone like Jonathan Taylor right now, especially if we're not going to see him much at practice. Are we going to see him in preseason games? I guess we'll find out over the next couple of weeks. But it's, uh, to me, this is a very, very like scary situation in terms of fantasy. Yeah, there's definitely a case to be made for uh, going zero RB to start your draft. You know, it's such a, I mean, I don't know. I think there's a couple running backs. It's funny how all this is happening, right? And you've got someone like, you know, all the issues around Ezekiel Elliott um, being released and then Dalvin Cook being released and Saquon Barkley's contract and all these people. You know who we haven't heard from? Christian McCaffrey, who's like just quietly still number one pick, like still a great value. He got paid last year. He's yeah, he's, he's fine. Got it made <laughs> in the shade. He don't care. He we haven't heard a single thing out of him. He's just quietly kind of in the corner, being like, "Oh, don't talk to me about this." Like, I don't yeah. want to be involved. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's like, "No, I don't want the attention." No, don't include me. Don't include me in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, it came out this week that Alvin Kamara is being suspended for three games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. So that's better than like what the worst case expectation was of six games, but still a, a good chunk of the start of your season. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, and we also can't forget, even when he does come back, this is a different offense now that has also has Jamal Williams. So I think I would assume Jamal Williams is probably going to get the goal line work. And we got Derek Carr. he, he will pass it to, to his running backs. That's not really too much of an issue, but it's still a different style of offense that they're going to run with him versus what they yeah. would run with Drew Brees. Definitely. Um, back when we last saw Kamara like, in his prime. Um, so really, like, unless he's getting a high amount of touchdowns or a high amount of receptions for, for good yardage, like, yeah, this, this might be a bit of a bum season for Alvin Kamara, unfortunately. So... If you're getting him later in the draft, that that's perfectly fine. But if you're paying more of a top end price, because I think he's still going in like the fourth round, you can get a much more valuable running back at that that draft cost than Alvin Kamara, as far as I'm concerned, at least. I don't know if you feel any differently, Mike. Um, I uh, yeah, to me, he's more. Uh, uh, he- even before this, he was kind of more of a later pick for me just because I really don't know what to expect out of him. But I do think he's one of those late round swings that could have high upside. Like I do think that happens. It happens every year. I'm coming more around to that way of thinking. I used to try to stay away from players like this, but I do think that, that there's some late value there. I, with everything that you're saying, with everything that we're hearing, like I really don't see him in the, like, I don't think you want him as your RB1 or 2 here. Like, I think he's a late swing that may benefit you. That's really as far as I would go for him. Because what? So, so three games missing. I mean, in fantasy season, that's not insignificant. Like, that's a significant amount of time, especially right at the beginning of the year. You don't know if this offense is going to get into full swing and kind of get a groove going. And then suddenly this player comes back and, like, we don't have a spot for you. Like, we don't know yeah. how to put you in here. You, we don't or know what's going to happen. Or it's a Deshaun Watson situation and like the whole offense just 
takes a giant step backwards. Yeah, crumbles on itself. That situation, like, hit him. That's a really good cautionary tale for for people coming back from injury or coming back from suspension mid-season because that was just a disaster. Oh, yeah. Just a mess. Um, So they've started releasing their, like, the preseason unofficial depth charts. And the rookie wide receiver Jordan Addison for the Vikings is actually listed at number three on their depth mm. chart behind KJ Osborne. I'm surprised. I'm very surprised at that. But now I did see like an analysis of that that said that might possibly be a result because they expect to use Osborne a lot more as a blocker. So in terms of snaps, he might actually be on the field more. But in terms of like, targets it would be jefferson followed by addison okay in terms of like actually going out and running routes and like being yeah. thrown the ball um but in just in terms of overall snaps because like wide receivers are involved in uh running plays as blockers right so i it, it seems like it's potential that osborne might be just a better blocker and they're going to use him a lot more in those scenarios where they're not throwing the ball anyways sure um but again this is still all unofficial like we don't actually have their official depth chart until no. I think between the end of the preseason and start of week one. It's, so it's, it's, it's that one week we get it right before. Yeah. 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 So it's subject to change. And like I said, completely unofficial, but that's how it stands right now. But that is, I guess the narrative that's coming out right now. Yeah. I mean that, that certainly can make sense. I mean, I, I think Addison to me is the number two receiver there, but if there's, if, if it is a situation where like, well, Osborne's just going to be out on the field more because of the blocking ability. And, you know, when you have a two receiver set, um, Osborne's going to be the one they go to over Addison. Like that can make sense. And Hey, frankly, that can benefit a young player. Anyway, I know you want to get a lot of reps in there, but if you're not in blocking situations, less opportunity for you to get hurt, less opportunity for you to make a mistake. And suddenly you, you find yourself benched. Like that's a good for a rookie. Just go out there and catch the ball. We're going to put you in situations where you run your route, focus on your route, catch the ball, leave the blocking to some of these other players, that could still benefit him. So I, I think this could still be signs pointing towards Addison becomes a big part of that offense, which I'm expecting him to be behind Jefferson, the number two receiver in terms of numbers this year. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree with that. So let's cycle through the latest unfortunate news uh, for injuries from preseason camp, or preseason and practice, sorry. So Rashad Bateman's been activated off the pup list. He's back to practice with the Ravens. Uh, that's good to see. Um, Elijah Mitchell expected to miss seven to ten days of practice with an abductor strain. That came out, I think, at the end of last week or maybe it was the start of this week. So but before week three of the preseason, I believe he should be back to practice. Um, doesn't sound too serious if they're expecting him back that soon. But just as a reminder, he is Christian McCaffrey's backup. And what we saw last year when Elijah Mitchell wasn't on the field was that Christian McCaffrey did everything. So it was even better for his fantasy value. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Not great long term, though, because we do know Christian McCaffrey has a history of getting injured and playing that many snaps does take a toll on your body and increase it as increase the odds that you're going to get injured as the season goes on. Um, so it's it's probably in your best interest as a Christian McCaffrey manager that you have Elijah Mitchell out there just to try to keep McCaffrey healthy. Uh, running yeah, back. That makes sense. Oh, good. I'm glad. 
Running back. <laughs> I, I'm uh, agreeing with you. What? No, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> Running back Marlon Mack signed a one-year deal with the Cardinals, and then within days injured his leg in practice, needed help off the field, and has now been diagnosed with a torn Achilles and will be out for the year. Listen, so stay away from the Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. Stay away from the Cardinals. Yeah, not not the place to be right now. Do you think it's possible he, he went there, took a look around, and went, you know what, I'm just going to get injured? Okay, I had that thought and I wasn't going to say it, but since you did, yes. I was like, yeah, That's exactly what like, I think happened. <laughs> I, I practiced with this team for a few days and said, no, I'm out. This team looks awful. Awful. <laughs> they they just, I think they're going to be an absolute disaster. And you should stay away. Everyone should stay away from the fantasy. I think we had a fan question a few weeks ago. Like, what would be your top teams to stay away from in fantasy? And I think the Cardinals have slowly moved up my list. If they weren't number one before. Yeah. I, I still don't what think do they have. What do they have? Murray? Like they've got Kyler Murray. Well, he's injured. So they have no one. <laughs> well, they have Marquise Brown. But who's who's, who's going to throw to him? Yeah, that, if, that, that, that if, does become the Kyler question. Murray yeah. Colt yeah. McCoy? Like who do they I don't even know who they have as the back. I don't I don't even know who their backup is. It could be Cooper Rush for all I know. Yeah, no, I don't know either. Uh Yeah, that, that's where it is. Um, Zach Charbonnet for the Seahawks return to practice, but Kenneth Walker is still out. Uh, Dolphins running back Devon Achain uh, missed some time from practice with an undisclosed injury. Browns running back Jerome Ford left practice with a right hamstring injury. So if he misses significant time, that's kind of going to be like the McCaffrey situation, but for Nick Chubb, because they have no one else behind Jerome Ford. Hmm. So if, if Ford is out for an extended period of time, Chubb is going to be extremely heavily involved, and they have already been making comments that they want to get him more involved in the passing game, which could boost him up into that McCaffrey-Eckler level in terms of fantasy if he's getting a lot more receptions. Um, and finally, wide receiver Jalen Waddle left practice today with an injury to his right midsection. So again, that just came out earlier today. Hopefully that's nothing too serious, because if... If it is that he's a pretty highly ranked wide receiver, he's going, I think, in the third round of drafts. Um, obviously, that's going to take a big toll on his fantasy value if he's going to miss some time there. And it might boost up Tyree Kills, though. So, yeah, hopefully it's nothing too serious and he's all right. But keep an eye on that as the uh, offseason continues. But let's dive into our 2023 wide receiver rankings. So number one, between both Mike and I, both of them ranked number one, we have Justin Jefferson. So not much to say there. We expect him to do continue to do great things with old Captain Kirk at the helm. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think uh, he's proven the past couple of seasons to be worth wild as, as your number one receiver pick. Um, I am not as as high on receivers as I am quarterbacks and running backs, but Jefferson's one of those players where you, you know, the past, especially the past two seasons, you know, you're going to get a lot of great things out of him. So I think that he's, he's absolutely worth while being the first receiver you take off the board. And I can definitely understand 
why, depending upon where you draft, why he might be your first overall pick. He's, I think he's that talented. And the fact that he's still young, give, like gives a lot to, he's going to get, a, he's going to get thrown the ball a lot in PPR leagues. He's going to get the ball a lot. He's going to get a lot of yak yards. Um, so, you know, he's obviously got something good going with Kirk Cousins on every day, but Monday night. So most yeah, of the season. Yeah, stay away Monday nights. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Like, you, that's just an unfortunate truth about the Vikings. Yep. But but one o'clock on a Sunday, I I would love Je- just great game Justin Jefferson. Yep. Yeah, every every day of the week. Absolutely. And, and yet you're right. Uh, he's only 24 years old. But he's got a, a still a lot left in him for the NFL. So, um, now he he was not my number one overall until last week. He was number two for me. But we'll, we'll discuss that in a moment. Yes, you got to change and update your lists. Uh, yeah, as you went along for reasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about the reasons. Yeah, we are. are, We're we're, going to get there. Yeah. Uh, number two for the Cincinnati Bengals, Jamar chase. So I have him ranked at number two, Mike, you have him at number four. Um, is, is that because of what's gone on with Burroughs leg or is it because of T Higgins? What's your, your thoughts Uh, there? Both actually. Yeah. I mean, Higgins for sure. Um, I think that Higgins still t- does take some receptions away from him. And I think that uh, in an ideal situation, the Bengals like to spread the ball around a little bit. Um, but I also think this injury to Burroughs has me a little bit worried, um, especially coming out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping uh, like with just a calf strain, like hopefully he's able to, but I, I don't know. I think it'll impact Burroughs. Burrow's value more than the wide receivers because I think it would just impact his ability to run, not so much mm. throw the ball. Um, but um, yeah, unfortunately, we're gonna have to wait and see because like, if he ends up missing time, then obviously that's gonna impact all of them. Yeah, and the other thing I will say is my top four changed a lot, and and I think I might have had Chase ranked second or third at one point in time, but I I do think of the list of receivers, especially like looking at my top four or five i put the two at four or five of my of my top five who had other really good options on the team that the that they're going to go for my one two three are like these are the guys on this team and they they their team success runs through them like i believe that of justin jefferson i believe that of our number three and our number four in terms of Jamar Chase, I think they've proven that Higgins, they st- even Boyd still gets a bunch of balls thrown to him each week. So I think I think there's a bit more of a mix in the Bengals, especially in the red zone, what you see. But hey, Jamar Chase, young as well. He's he's been climbing my list every year. I may have him ranked four, and and you know he ends up moving up to two for this list. I don't. I'm not going to argue with a number two listing for him either, because the talent's there, without a doubt. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. Um, at number three for the LA Rams, Cooper Cup. So we both have him at three. He previously was my number one, um, but with the injury news, that this time of year and that type of injury, there's a good chance that that could become something that drags throughout the season and continues to bother him, um, which ultimately ends up with players either missing time or missing drives in the game and it ultimately tanks their fantasy value a bit. Now I, I think he's like, that's why he's still at number three. I think he's still a great fantasy option, but now because of that added little wrinkle, like I think that 
like a Justin Jefferson is more is less of a risk and still has the upside. So I would prefer to go there. Not that I wouldn't draft Cooper Cup. It's just if if Jefferson was still there, I would go with him mm-hmm. now over Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even before the injury, the you know, I, I had him ranked third. It's just I ranked two other players above him because I'm a little bit worried about Matthew Stafford. Um, I think there's a little bit of an unknown coming back from injury there. And I'm just worried about the Rams in general. I think they've been on the decline. They've had a couple of difficult years with injuries. I just don't know what to expect out of them. With that being said, Cooper Cup is a multi-talented player who can who can strike in multiple ways, who will be used in multiple ways. So that is great for fantasy. So he's he's number three. He's a top-tier wide receiver as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Number four for the Buffalo Bills, Stefan Diggs. So I have him at number six, and Mike, you have him at number two. That's right. So you expect Stefan Diggs to finish as the number two wide receiver this year? In in that area, yes. Um, and again, it's because there are to me, there are less unknowns with Stefan Diggs than there are with Cooper Cup. Um, and and even with uh, with Jamar Chase, I think that Stefan Diggs, the Bills season, it's going to to live and die with how Diggs and Allen do. They've had two pretty good years in a row. I think that this is going to be a bit of a coming of you know coming to the end of something here, where either it's going to break out for them and it's going to be successful, or it's going to absolutely. F- flutter away and and Stefan Diggs will be into his 30s by then and it'll be a difficult situation but yes I think he's going to have a monster year I think he has to have a monster year and I think that Allen is going to be throwing to him as much as he can um, so that's why I, I think Diggs is going to be up there not on quite the same level as where I think Justin Jefferson is but Jefferson and Diggs they are the guys on that team Cooper Cup's the guy on that team Jamar Chase, had, there are other options that could become the guy on the Bengals. Yeah, I just, I don't think that Diggs has a wide receiver to finish in him. I, like, I agree with what you're saying 100%. Like, he, him and Allen are the lifeblood of that offense, and I do think he will do well. Um, but he's never, I don't think he's ever broken more than 266 points in a half PPR league. Um, So I just don't see him finishing the top two. I mean, he has, he finished number four last year. He finished at number three, I think back in 2020. So I certainly think he'll be a top, top six wide receiver for sure. But I just look at it more like I'm expecting him to be on the lower end of that top six, not the higher end, just because of these other names that we have up here. Yeah, I'm just, I guess I'm hedging my bets on, again, like I put one, two being like there, like I can, I can name two, maybe three options for the Bengals other than Chase. Cooper Cup with the injuries to Matthew Stafford, that really concerns me. Um, I think without the number one quarterback there, like the Rams, I think their potential to be a strong team starts to decline. Um, So yeah, I, I think... Diggs, I am expecting kind of a career year out of him. And that's only because of the frustration being felt in the Bills. And often what ends up happening in NFL history is nothing happens. And this just sort of flutters away. 
I'm thinking the Bills, there's going to be some pressure on this team to be like, okay, let's finally cut the noise out here and let's win some games. Let's go deep in, on a playoff run. Let's have a spectacular season. Diggs has to be a part of that um, if if that's going to happen. So that's what I'm hedging my bets on. It might be my only somewhat fan of the Bills pick where I'm saying, like, I also hope this happens, but it's just what I'm looking at saying, this is it. If you don't break out this year, Stefan Diggs might be on a new team next year. So that's that's what I think has got to happen. Well, I definitely agree with that. Um, I guess I, t- I take a different look at it where when they are the only really viable threat, I think defenses just hone in on them and it makes it a lot harder for them. You end up with a lot more double coverage. Mm-hmm. It can. Um, but when you're talented, it shouldn't matter. Well, I know it, it does, but when you're talented, it, like that happens, like you don't think there are double, double coverage on Justin Jefferson? Of course there is. is. No, th- that's what I'm saying, though. There is. But then in those situations, they don't throw to him. They throw to the next guy up, you know, like, um, I don't know. Have you watched that quarterback uh, show that, that came out? Yes, that yes, I have been watching that. Yeah. OK, so I, I don't know if you've how far into it you are, but th- there is a game where it's in like a, a final minute drive where they're trying to come back and they wanted to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson, but he's double covered because the team knew that's where it was going. Mm-hmm. So I think they had to throw it to, I don't remember if they threw it to Hawkinson or KJ Osborne. I can't remember. Um, but the plan, like they Kirk wanted to throw it to Jefferson, but the defense anticipated that. So they did the double coverage. So, so that's yeah. the, I mean, that's the risk that you run with any elite wide receiver. Yes. But I think when Cooper you don't Cup, Jefferson, all these players. Yeah. That's yeah. But like with the Jamar chase situation, like if they want to double cover Jamar chase, well then they're freeing up T Higgins and that's a mm-hmm. big mistake. Right. So in those situations, I think it kind of works in that player's favor because they face double coverage a lot less. Whereas mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs is pretty much on his own. Um, like Gabe Davis never did anything too special last year. So I think teams just focus on him because they know either Allen's throwing it to Diggs or Allen's running the ball. That seems yeah, to be and, their go-to in a And frankly, as an offense, moment. you have to get more creative them. Like if you really want oh, to yeah. throw the ball to Stefan Diggs, you have to, you have to hide him in coverage. You have to figure out ways to get it to him. You have to do different things. Um, and that's, I guess that's just what I'm betting on because Justin Jefferson, who gets double coverage, Cooper Cup, who gets double coverage, they still finish with high fantasy value. Like, they still find a way to get it done. So, I think, pers- like, Justin Jefferson is a way better wide receiver than Stefan Diggs. Cooper Cup is a way better wide receiver than Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs has the better quarterback than both of those teams. So, I, I would, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. To me, sure. it's like Allen and Diggs. Like, I just, to me, this is going to be either an absolute nothing happens, which might be like a 70% chance but i'm i'm taking the 30 percent chance i'm taking the big swing on this is going to be an amazing year for the bills and they're finally going to break through because if they don't change has to happen because it's been too many years of the same thing and in the nfl that does not stand you never get too many years of the same thing unless it's successful like unless you're bill belichick everyone else you have to have changeover so i'm just kind of hedging my bets on this will be a career year for stefan Diggs because if it's not you're done with the bills your career as an elite wide receiver might even be over. Like he might find himself somewhere else, but his value will start to decrease. He'll become one of those wide receivers that finds a home elsewhere, but isn't quite looked at in the same way. Deandre Hopkins, you know, maybe just outside the top 10, 
in that kind of range for him. So if Stefan Diggs wants to remain a top five in that range wide receiver, he's got to have a big year. And I'm honestly hedging my bets on that happening. Yeah. All right. Let's see where it goes. Uh, I'm just leaning on the the guys who have those other wide receivers to pull attention away from them. So we'll, we'll see how it shakes out this year. At number five for the Miami Dolphins, we have Tyreek Hill. See, this is another one. Like, he has Jalen Waddle with him, right? So that that's why I lean towards those situations because historically we've seen them perform very well. Uh, I have Tyreek Hill ranked at number four. You have him ranked at number five. So pretty pretty on par there. Yeah, and I think Tyreek Hill has the added the advantage of being a much faster, sleeker wide receiver than than, than uh, any oh, other oh, human and- ever. Yeah, like that really than what else like he's he's a bit older. Like I mean he's 29, so it's not like old, but for for football old that's like getting up there. And I that have him good. ranked like I had him ranked 5 and so he's around 5. Like I just think that it's like his speed and his ability to make something out of nothing is is something that like I mean I think Cooper Cup has some of that in him, but Tyreek Hill just he amazed me last year. I was unexpecting that kind of year out of him. And I think if, if if Tua is healthy, then the Dolphins could even have a better season than last year because they didn't have Tua for a full season. So it'll be interesting oh, 100%, to see yeah. what happens there. But yeah, I, I think five for Tyree Kill is about where I would where I would say ranking four, five, six in that range. You know, still a very effective receiver. I think he would have a shot at being wide receiver one if Tua played a full season. Yeah, if he plays a full season, which yeah. we just unfortunately haven't seen. No, we don't. Yet. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Um, one last thing for Tyreek Hill, and we'll move on. Um, I just love that, like, when a play breaks down, how wide open he gets. Because he's just mm-hmm. running around out there. And it's just hilarious when you go and watch the replay afterwards. Because, like, the defender kind of slows down. They see, like, oh, the quarterback's scrambling. Tyreek Hill is just, all of a sudden, he's on the opposite side of the field now. And nobody knows he's there. <laughs> It's yeah the best thing ever to watch if you're you the see manager. It happen. Yeah. You see it happen a lot. Um, it was quite the year, and that combo um, uh, of Hill and and Waddle was great for the Dolphins when when Tua was healthy. Like the, that's mm-hmm. two deep threats that he had, two fantastic receivers, and it was quite quite the thing to see. If if Tua was healthy, I I agree with you. I think Tyreek Hill could have a chance at being a top receiver this year. And I even think it does increase Waddle's value a bit um, to it having that, that Cooper cup being healthy, but honestly, both of them took a big hit when, sorry, not Cooper. Cup. I keep talking about Cooper cup Tua, when Tua was hurt, like Waddle took a massive hit in fantasy and Hill did too, but Hill, I feel like they were trying to use in different situations. So Hill's obviously going to be the number one target, but both of them, Waddle and Hill, could go up if Tua is just healthy this year. If he can just play a full season, which I hope. I love seeing that level of competitiveness. And that, again, that division gets scarier and scarier if everyone's healthy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and Waddle and Hill were both top eight wide receivers last year. So Great years. They had great years. Yeah, that could easily be replicated if, with Tua playing a full season. Uh, at number six for the Philadelphia Eagles, A.J. Brown. I have him ranked at number five. You have him ranked at number eight. 
Um, we we saw the connection that AJ Brown has with Jalen Hurts last year. It was epic. Um, he's the go-to guy. Um, I'm I'm pretty high on him. I think he's kind of like uh, in a Tyreek Hill situation where he or Justin Jefferson situation. He is the guy they're going to try to get him the ball, but they have enough weapons elsewhere on the offense that teams can't just focus on him. Um, so I, I'm pretty bullish on AJ Brown. I don't know. Do you have any concerns there with for having no, him at number eight? Or? No, it's it's a high eight. It's a high. Okay. Eight. You know, it's it's not. I think it's eight as I was moving players around back and forth. I think for me, the Eagles, I think they changed up their 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 running game a bit. I think you're going to see a lot of quarterback runs. You're going to see a lot of running. I, I do think that will be big in the red zone. So you might lose some passing touchdowns. You might lose some receiving touchdowns. But I, I think that A.J. Brown is a great pick. I think my seven, six, seven, eight were all very, very close. And I ranked them the way they did, kind of going back to my philosophy of, okay, who's who's just going to get the most attention here and what other assets did the, does the team have? And the next two players we're going to talk about, I think there are a lot of weaknesses in other parts of their offense, which means their success lies with those players. I think A.J. Brown is a great part of a really good offensive unit, but can do that, that, that offense that can hurt you in different ways. So that's the only reason why I think I put him down. But he's in this clump where I'm like, he's still going to be the number one targeted receiver on the Eagles. He's still going to be worth drafting. I, you know, I think he's, I think he's a solid player. And that chemistry, I always will pick chemistry over anything. If I have a player that I know has good chemistry with their quarterback, I'm going to pick him. Yeah. Oh, that absolutely fair. Yeah. If, uh, if you know, like when it comes push, when push comes to shove, they're the guy that the quarterback's going to be looking for. Absolutely yeah. worth its weight in gold. If the quarterback likes them, and you know that, and you know that they, there's a connection there, just like AJ Brown has, like pick that well, player for sure. That's that's what uh, came out with Cup and Stafford, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they would have breakfast sure. every day or whatever it was before practice. I, I don't remember exactly, but I know th- breakfast was involved. Um, <laughs> and they bonded to got that chemistry and then they had that lightning year. So 100%, it's, it's one of those in, intangibles, right? Like that you can't measure, but 100% has an impact on fantasy football. Definitely. Uh, at number seven for the Dallas Cowboys, CD lamb. I have him ranked at number eight. You have him ranked at number six, which actually surprised me because I, I definitely thought I was the more bullish on CD lamb just because of your, feelings about Dak Prescott. Well, I think CD Lamb's you know, their 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 guy um is in the receiving core and I and I do oh, listen, yeah. yes. I don't think Dak Prescott is is going to be a top 10 quarterback. I don't think he's he should be a top 10 quarterback and everyone overvalues him. But I he's going to throw the ball to CD Lamb and CD Lamb is also like a young receiver with a lot of speed, like breakout speed, like he's going to get yak yards he's going to run around in different types of coverages like i i think he's going to do well and i just just looking at the player and the age i'm like i could see him starting to like break out here like this is the time where you'd start to see a player like this break out so yeah i guess i i saw how the cowboys were when press when prescott went down and still being able to make their offense work and i think cd lamb's going to be a big part of that oh yeah i fully agree with you um, I had him last year. It was a good time. 
Yeah, you did. And, and you know, I, I up until this year, I think I've always had him a little bit lower ranked than, than you and, you know, even the consensus out there. But I did see what he did for you last year. And that's really, again, once a player does something two or three years in a row, I start paying attention because once could be a fluke. And he's had a couple of really good years now. So I, and especially last year, I think he, he did a lot of different good things. So yeah, I, I ranked him a bit higher, I think, than I normally do. Yep. At uh, number eight for the Raiders, we have Devontae Adams. Now, again, this is just because of how the tie-breaking um, formula worked out. So we actually both have him ranked at number seven. But, <laughs> but he moves back to eight. <laughs> moved back to eight, yeah, because of the, the people ahead of him and, and the way the math worked out. Trust me, I, I double-checked. Well, I think, and I think one thing I've learned from this process is I think w- w- next year, if we're doing this show, you and I will, will have to, I think, come together, do the math, look at it and be like, are we happy with this? Cause I could, see yeah. a situ- I could see an argument where you and I could look at this and be like, maybe we should move Devonte Adams up to seven where he belongs. Like, because we both just see him there and move someone else back. Because I get it, like the mathematic code makes it the most fair way to do it. But I would say, let's add the human factor. And I think you and I have a lot of good things to say here about Devontae Adams. Um, but I think I think if we feel he needs to move up, then, then he should. So maybe a lesson learned is look at the list together after the code being like, okay, between the two of us, can we make any arguments and convince the other person that we need to move things around a bit? Yeah, shuffle somebody up or down. Yeah, based yeah, exactly. on the arguments. Yeah. And and people may be listening, being like, "Well, what's seriously? What's the difference between seven and eight? Well, to me, there's a difference. Like, it's a difference between every ranked in position, and we both had him at seven for a reason. Not eight, not nine, not ten. Like close, you know, in that kind of middle between five and ten. Um, I think that's a pretty good spot. Still, like you're still getting a good receiver. I don't know how you feel about the Raiders' offense, but it has the potential of being a great season for Devontae Adams. I'll feel a lot better about it once Josh Jacobs is out there playing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I know there is some concern about Jimmy Garoppolo and Devontae Adams, but I think Devontae Adams is a skilled enough wide receiver that he can make it work regardless of who's throwing him the ball. So I I think it'll be a good year for him. And like, if there's one thing you can say about Garoppolo, yes, I don't think he has quite the arm strength that Derek Carr did and is a bit of a different receiver. I'm sorry, did a bit of a different quarterback. But I think one of the things he's done very well is he manages games well and he's a smart quarterback. Like he he's very, very good at creating long drives. And when you have a long drive with a quarterback and you have a smart quarterback who understands the game like Garoppolo seems to, he did very well in San Francisco getting them down into the red zone like consistently. He's he's a quarterback that's going to score, and he's going to get you into scoring zone, and that's where Devontae Adams can shine. Like he can get a lot of, especially if Josh Jacobs is out for a bit, he he's going to get a lot of red zone time here, and I think I yeah. think he has the potential to score a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, that now that is the one thing that Devontae Adams can hurt you with, though, is um, he gets most of his fantasy value from those kind of targets. Yes. So if he's not getting in the red zone, then a lot of times those weeks you're not overly happy with how he did like he might only get you two points yeah you but, in the, but in the yeah. the weeks where he's scoring you're you're easily getting 20 points so the good and the bad you know Tyreek Hill was historically like that last year he kind of leveled off and was more consistent but 
he was the same thing, you know, like one week he'd get you five points, the next week it'd be 30. Mm-hmm. Um, so you take the good with the bad. Yeah. Uh, and number nine for the Detroit Lions, we have Amon Ross St. Brown. I have him ranked at number nine. You have him ranked at number 10. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's the guy there. Um, Jamison Williams is going to be gone for six weeks. He's easily the number one on the depth chart. Even with Jared Goff, I think he's still going to do good things. Um, yeah, he's uh, he had a great he had a great kind of um, well, kind of you know when he when he's healthy, he's great. Um, I think he he has potential here. And again, another young receiver that's multi talented. Like people were comparing him last year and and you know in, like in his rookie year. So like a, he, we got another Cooper Cup coming, who's like a player who can do multiple things as a receiver. So I think the potential's there. I am a little worried about Goff, but again, it, when you have a talented receiver, sometimes it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Yeah, exactly. And this is only his third season in the NFL, so I still yeah, I thought this was I, his third. Yeah, I, I think he's still on the upswing. Absolutely. Yeah, and I I think that this is a good like nine ten. I think that's a pretty good around the ranking for him. Yeah. Yeah. At number 10 for the Seattle Seahawks, DK Metcalf with a huge discrepancy between Mike and I. (laughs) Mike has him ranked at number nine. I have DK Metcalf ranked at number 16. Um, I. He has competition between Tyler Lockett and now JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right. I apologize. I'm going to go with JSN. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, it seemed like last year, if he wasn't scoring touchdowns, you weren't overly pleased with him, mm-hmm. like on a week to week basis. Right. And if, if JSN is on the field a fair amount, then that's a lot of targets to compete with, especially because they also have Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet too on that offense. Wait, is that is that is that guy that third receiver whose name you can't say? Is he even on our list? He's on my list. Okay, maybe he wasn't on my list. I don't think he's on your list. He's never heard of him. He's on mine. Never, never heard of him before in my entire life. Never heard of him. No, no, really. Yeah, he he was like one of the first receivers off the board and in the draft. Never heard of him. Alrighty then. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of him. Never, never heard that complicated name before. Never heard of him. Okay. Well, yeah, he is their their third uh, their third wide receiver, and uh, a pretty big draft price for them to pay to to bring him on. So a terrible that, draft choice. Well, yeah, that <laughs> they that was have two receivers and Kenneth Walker. Didn't they also choose a running back too? Or is that yeah. no, the Lions did? Yeah. No, 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 no. They did too. Zach, Zach oh, Charbonnet. Yeah. What? So what are they doing? What are these they, guys doing? I don't know. That's what I said uh, when I was tweeting out during the first round of the draft. Um, I said, you know, like I do not like this landing spot for him because of the competition with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I think if well, he'd gone somewhere else yeah. where he could be like one of the main guys right away, it would have been right. better for him. I no, slightly I- remember this now, actually. I, I Now that you're talking about it, I'm like, oh, I think I think I remember both discussing this and it happening. Where Because that was two two picks in a row for the Seahawks where – you're kind of going, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you, why are yeah. you picking it position in positions of strength you already have? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, that, that's why I have DK Metcalf where I do is just because of the amount of competition for targets. And there's guys ahead of him that 
don't aren't in that situation who have historically performed on pace in and around where DK Metcalf usually ends up. So I would just personally rather go with them over DK. Um, but I would be completely happy to have DK Metcalf as my number two wide receiver. So um, yeah. that that is going to be it for today. That's all of the time that we have. If you want to find out the rest of our wide receiver rankings going all the way down to the top 50, become a Patreon member today. Become a Conqueror. You can have access to our Discord where we post them all. Whenever we update them, we post it in there. We would love to have you in there. Next week, we're going to be going over our tight end rankings before we get into the final mock draft of the year before the season starts. Mm -hmm. So we look forward to uh, seeing you guys next week. Take care. Stay safe.